watch people have that experience that God is the God of the nations and he doesn't need me and my way of worshiping him to get this done, to do what he's doing. And then to have people come home and see that expand their worldview and who they are engaging with here at home and their openness to different ways of doing life. I think that's so important. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Amanda Brown. Amanda is the missions pastor at Flatirons Community Church in Colorado. The vision of Flatirons is to bring the awesome life of Christ to people in a lost and broken world. And Amanda's passion is to see the church develop lasting relationships with their missions partners in order to see that happen. So I asked Amanda, why is it so important to her that Flatirons goes deep? with its missions partners around the world. Here's what she had to say. You know, here at Flatirons, I think that we, all of our partners, with the exception of One Child, One Child is our newest partner, so we're super excited about that. But previous to that, all of our partners have been partners for at least a decade. And I think um, we are now seeing a lot of the relational fruit of that. Our partners not only calling Flatirons their church home, um, if they're in the area, but just the in- relational investment over the past decade is, has produced a lot of trust, um, a lot of sustainability, a lot of solace. I know we've had a couple of partners that have navigated some really rough waters, particularly over COVID. Um, and, and kind of seeking solace here in the Flatirons body has been definitely a huge piece of fruit that's come out of the relationship. So, one of our church values is relational intimacy, deep, deep connection, and doing life with others that we're in community with. Um, so that value extends to our church partnerships and walking arm in arm with one another, I think is definitely um, a benefit that we see both for our partners and for us as a church. That's good. So you, you mentioned that up until the the new relationship with One Child, um, most of these uh, these other partners you guys have been in relationship with for ten years uh, with it. Um, why? What has the reason that you guys are so careful about the partnerships that you move into, and and how do you kind of? Um, what are some of the things you look for when you consider working with a new partner? Aligning with our church values wanting to go deeper in relational investment and financial investment with our partnerships and not wider. I think around the nation, at least a church the size of Flatirons, you would find that there are dozens, if not hundreds of missions partners or missionaries that are being supported by the church. And we have eight. Um, so we really, really value the, the deep relational investment, knowing deeply who our partners are, who their people are, um, what their vision and values are. And that's done, I think, in a healthier way when there's fewer partners to focus on. It also allows us to have a a pretty significant financial impact in the work that our partners are doing. You know, not 
a hundred dollars to a hundred or a hundred different organizations every month, but really, really going deep into financial investments. Some of the um, values we look for in partnership are things like organizations working in unreached places of the world or amongst unreached people groups. And even the perspective on that shifting a little bit, like for, for example, we have two partners in Mexico. Mexico is a, what we might call a Christian nation because it's you know 99% Catholic. Um, but we would look at that and, and wonder, do people really know an intimate relationship with Jesus? Or is the practice of Catholicism a cultural thing? So then coming alongside evangelical organizations working in Mexico City um, in a very different way than the Catholic approach. So we would call that working with unreached people groups. Um, another value of ours is local leadership. So it's not the American church or the Westerner coming into the cultural context and dictating what we think needs to be done, but really relying on the locals, the nationals saying, here are the challenges in our community and here's how we're going to solve them. So kind of leading from the back in those relationships. Um, and then we look for partners that align with our church values, our church culture, and partnerships that can offer a mutual exchange. We believe that we have something to bring to the table and we also want to learn from our partners and bring something back from them. How long have you been uh, serving at Flatirons uh, in this role as missions pastor? In this particular role, uh, this summer will be three years. Um, prior to that, I worked in the missions department in a coordinator role. Prior to that, I worked for one of our international partners working um, in Central Asia. And then prior to that, I was on staff with Flatirons in our adult ministry. So I've been around the world for you know, a good 10 plus years in a couple of different roles, but in this particular role, just a couple of years and, and took this role right at the start of COVID. So trying to figure out how to lead an international missions program, uh, in the midst of not being able to travel at all, has <laughs> definitely been challenging. Um, and taught me a lot about, um, slowing down, seeking God's direction, um, engaging with our partners. I've been so floored by how creative our partners have been over the past couple of years, knowing that their outreach programs have had to shift and look really different. Um, but just in a lot of the, the context that they're working in, you know, it's hand to mouth living. So the money people make that day is what feeds their family that night. And then they do it all over again the next day. And when they can't work and there's no food available for the day because everything's been closed with COVID, just watching our partners navigate how to step into some of that has been really honoring. Um, I'm really, really proud of, of what they've done the past couple of years. So uh, what what were some of the, the initial things you had to navigate moving into a new role as a missions pastor of a, a significantly large church that has a lot of really deep relationships, uh, in your missions, uh, partners and you've got to navigate something that there's no playbook for, um, with it. What was that like for you? One of the things that we rely on with our missions partners is sending short-term teams. So having a physical presence on the ground with our partnership. So not being able to do that, um, whether it's, you know, travel restrictions or our host countries not allowing visitors in all kinds of reasons, 
what does it look and feel like to our partners to continue to be supported without having people on the ground standing alongside them? Um, so going on the, to the virtual world, really being intentional with setting up calls, um, checking in more frequently in that way than we would otherwise. Um, partners that are, we have one partner who's directors, the Ugandan partner, their directors had come to Colorado, which is kind of home for them, um, at the start of 2020 on an extended sabbatical, and then they were stuck here. So taking the opportunity to meet with them um, person to person, you know, face to face that we wouldn't normally otherwise have. Um, and then looking for creative ways to continue to engage our church in missions without being able to do trips. So uh, held a virtual kind of educational class. Why does missions matter? Um, where, where we, it was a four week course where people signed up and we did the whole zoom thing, but just talked about, you know, God's calling and missions. What does the Bible say about missions? Who are, who are our partners and why do we partner with them? Um, and then what does it look like to take some of the concepts, sustainable local leadership concepts that our partners are using and apply that here at home in the community that we're part of here at home? So I would say, Kind of the overarching theme of those early months um, was just the use of technology in a, in a brand new way, and I think that's you know a very common thing that whether it be ministry or the secular world, a lot of organizations stepped into. What have you learned as a result of that? Now that the world is trying to get back to normal um, with it, this, most countries have opened up in some way for, for short-term ministry trips again. Um, you know, obviously you're never going to be able to go back to the way it was before this. What have you learned about taking those, or what lessons did you learn from the COVID period that you're using now uh, to continue to keep your people engaged in missions when they can't participate in short-term ministry trips? Uh, two things come to mind. One is the importance of telling story. So because of a heavier reliance on technology, social media, um, electronic communication, I I think the value of sharing people's stories was just reemphasized to me. So wanting to get better here around Flatirons of reporting back to our folks what their support, what they're giving, what their relational support is doing for these partners. And really um, seeing these organizations broaden how they're using technology in terms of capturing content on video, um, wanting to see a more excellent environment on how they're capturing videos and pictures and being able to tell their own stories, but then using our outlets to share those stories with our church body. So when we, when we can't be there in close proximity, we can still see each other's faces and still have that relational connection where we're hearing each other's stories and we're understanding how God is operating um, in people's lives and then able to share that in our own sense. I think another thing that I've learned is the importance of pushing um, to figure out how to still send teams. So I, I think the temptation may be well, at the beginning of COVID, we didn't have much of a choice. We couldn't travel. We couldn't send teams. And in some ways, I think the temptation coming out of COVID is still, let's kind of back off and stay away because we do have these other ways to engage using technology. But 
I think I've also learned the importance of being in proximity in relationship with our partners, like how valuable it truly is to go and visit and to bring encouragement and to bring cheerleading and to bring advocacy and then come home with that and be able to share that here at home. So I don't know, I guess that may be flipping your question on its head a little bit. While we do have new doors and new creative ways to engage I'd still go back to it is important for us to figure out how to send teams and um, to be an encouragement and a light and continue this physical connection with our partners. And we've got to, you know, I want to be wise. I want to have wisdom in, in keeping our partners safe and keeping our teams safe. But I never want to get to the point where we say, well, short-term teams just aren't possible or have no value because they have huge value. And even this year, we hopefully will end up sending eight short-term teams to our partners this year. And, and you know, we're halfway through the year now hearing the feedback that the um, encouragement that our teams have been so far and just kind of that return to the the physical looking each other in the eye relationship that these teams are bringing to our partners. It's just a game changer. I think our partners have navigated a really draining, weary season where it's, you start to ask the question, is this work even worth it? So for, for Flatirons folks to come and say, yes, this work still has value. And despite the challenges you've navigated the past couple of years, God is doing some really cool stuff with your work and with your faithfulness. So for us to be able to go and cheerlead that, has been huge. So on the flip side, how do these short-term ministry trips um, impact your, you know, kind of standard everyday church member when they go? And why is that important to continue to keep doing these trips uh, in the post-COVID era? It's funny because this just kind of, I was at a team meeting last night for a team that had their very first get together. They're going to Mexico City later in the year. But I told them one of my favorite things about short-term trips, especially for people who have never done any kind of mission trip, or even this is their first time out of the country, is watching their kind of um, faith bubble explode. Meaning... We have, we have a way that we practice our faith here in the States and we have, we understand the rhythms of church here and we, you know, we, we're, we have an open access to faith and to talk about our faith and, um, we, we don't live under persecution usually here in the West when it comes to our Christianity, but to watch people discover that that is how people, Christians around the world live out their faith many times and just kind of their, like I said, their bubble explode, their understanding of how God operates in a variety of nations and languages, um, cultural environments. It's one of my favorite pieces of it. So to, I, I guess to get down to your question a little bit more, to watch people have that experience that God is the God of the nations and he doesn't need me and my way of worshiping him to get this done, to do what he's doing. And then to have people come home and see that expand their worldview and who they are engaging with here at home and their openness to different ways of doing life. I think that's so important. You know, we're becoming such a global society. And here in Denver, where we are, you know, very diverse parts of town. And so I 
it's really, I think, important that our, our Flatiron's body understand this isn't the only way of doing this. So because I'm open and because I want you to come and see the love of Jesus, I'm going to engage with you at your level, in your context, and let go of any preconceived notions I have about how I'm supposed to be worshiping Jesus. Amanda touches on such an important principle here. When we get out of our own culture and context and see the gospel change the lives of people we have very little in common with, we actually begin to understand how powerful the gospel truly is. We'll be back for more with Amanda after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end, and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there, and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org slash partnership. When I recorded this with Amanda, Flatirons was just concluding its first sponsorship launch with One Child. So I asked Amanda what she learned about preparing her church for new mission partnerships from that experience. Um, a couple lessons we learned with the One Child launch was the importance of vision casting from our top leadership. So, you know, you, you have a speaker, you're you're teaching pastor or a couple people that teach from stage on a regular basis, those are trusted leaders of the church. And so I think for, for those people to cast really clear vision that communicates, I'm bought into this partnership, I'm bought into this thing. And so therefore Flatirons were going to be bought in was really important. And we had that happen. Um, the Our pastor that spoke the weekend we launched tied that into his message for the weekend and kind of the importance he was talking around kind of the next gen world, next generation and supporting our, our kids and students, which is very much a part of our heartbeat here at Flatiron. So the tie in there was really important. Um, I think giving grace to the church, I, I had really high expectations the weekend we launched. And so just giving grace to the church understanding that this is a new thing for them. So while I, as a missions director, had been considering the partnership and processing it for months and months, and I visited our, our partnership is specific to Honduras. You know, I visited and I'd seen and I'd met with the staff and I uh, met with one child leadership. And so 
but, but just recognizing our church body has not had a chance to do all of that. Um, so while I've had months and months and months and I want everybody to be in the weekend we launch, you know, they're, they're getting caught up to speed, having grace for that too. One miss, I think we had the weekend we launched was not telling a specific story. I think it would have been really cool to feature the story of a specific kiddo or family in the community. One of the communities we're working in, in Honduras as a very personal connection. So somebody sitting in a flat iron seat can say, wow, that little boy reminds me of my nephew or, oh, I grew up in a similar way. And so just, you know, that heart, we, I think as humans, we're looking for deep relational connection. So by telling very specific personal stories that fosters that a little bit more. Um, so those are just a couple of things I think we both learned and maybe would do differently next time. Sure. You talk about having grace uh, for the church um, in that um, and how uh, that how critical that is to being successful in a launch and to continuing to keep the launch going forward. Um, what were some of the things that you guys did? You know, it, you, you mentioned yourself, Amanda, it didn't la- the launch weekend didn't go as as you had personally hoped it would. But you know, now that we're a, a month past that, we've seen it was a tremendous launch. It was an unbelievably successful uh, launch. What were some things you learned about uh, continuing the momentum from that first weekend and 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 reengaging to make sure that the entire church continued to learn about this and engage? Yeah. <laughs> as you're asking the question, I'm thinking to myself, just shut up and get out of God's way. Like he's going to do what he's going to do. Right. And we have an opportunity to be a part of it, but our, our, he's not relying on us to do what he's going to do in the end. So now that we are so close to meeting our big goal in terms of sponsorships, of course, God had this covered and it, you know, and it wasn't my way. Shocking. Um, I love, I love, the opportunities that we've had to share people's whys, meaning those that have signed up to sponsor, why they did it or, or what drew them to a particular child. And again, it's story. It's some sort of personal connection. I'm a firefighter. This little boy wants to be a firefighter when he grows up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I do... We, especially now that it's summer here around Flatirons, you know, we, we know that people, we've got graduations going and weddings going and vacations going. So regular reminders, particularly using our social media platforms, as well as some weekend messages and some things from our lead pastor, but just regular reminders for folks. Don't forget to sign up or this is the number of kiddos we still need to sponsor. Hop online and do that today has been really helpful. One thing we're also continually implementing is engagement between one child and the, our families, our kids, men, um, families. This, that was really the heart of this partnership was wanting a very tangible way for kids and families to engage in missions. And so having a monthly opportunity to do that through correspondence, through financial support, um, kids being able to say, give some of their chore money or their allowance to monthly sponsorship was a huge win for us as a church. So with that, 
looking for creative ways to engage in kids ministry, one child and our kiddos or our students, um, kidsmen offerings going towards projects connected to one child, um, art projects that our kids made little bookmarks in kids ministry during launch weekend that are being sent down to our communities, some of the hope centers. Um, we're working on a video project to support um, building a kitchen at one of the hope centers. So being able to show Flatirons kids, this is what a kitchen, this is the value that a kitchen brings to a hope center and you have a kitchen in your home. And so, you know, being able to talk to them in a very kid friendly way that, that allows them to step into, Oh, right. I have a kitchen in my house and that's, you know, this is what it means to me and my family. So this is what it's going to mean to these kiddos down in Honduras. So just looking for even the littlest open door to continue to spark something in a child's mind, um, to make that the kiddo that they're corresponding with in Honduras very real to them. You know, as as you talk about what you guys are doing with one child and um and things, you know, it's 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 clear that your partnership with one child is more to you than just let's have people in the church sponsor a child in Honduras. Um and then obviously your partnerships with other organizations over the last 10 years and beyond have been about more than just sending a short-term ministry team down there to, you know, almost um um short-term missions vacation. Uh, type thing. I mean, this is partnership um, that you're doing. Whenever you're building relationships um, in with an organization like One Child or any of the other partners there, uh, the relationships will have speed bumps and things that don't go the way that you expected them to go um, and can result in some real challenges uh, with that. How... Um, you know, or, or what, what are some of the challenges that you've experienced in the past with, with organizations? Um, and how have, has that, have those challenges helped you build deeper relationships with those partners? Yeah, we've certainly, I mean, that's life, right? We've hit speed bumps, road bumps, like you said, with partnerships. I think what we, what we've learned out of those are, like I said earlier, God's going to do what God's going to do. And it's our job to be faithful, to step through the doors that he opens. But the temptation, I think, in that can be, this is dependent on us. This is this work, the success of this work is dependent on whether that be the partner or flat irons or both. Um, I think that's kind of the sinful temptation to think it's all about us. And if we're not doing it well or we're not doing it correctly, it's going to fail, which isn't the case. So it's been a learning lesson for us to, I think, open our hands to not clench so tightly the partnerships or try to control what the partnership is doing, try to control how we measure success and just let it breathe and let it live. And a reminder that we're in it for the long haul. Um, we're not in it because we want to measure the number of people that are baptized every month. We're in it for the long haul. Um, and, and expanding our, our, our determination of what we call success. Um, we have a partner in Central Asia in a closed country that we may never know the, the, um, spiritual investment that the partner has made. We may never be able to measure that, but trusting 
because there's a depth of relationship and because we can, we can send teams and we're in regular communication and correspondence with one another, trusting that transformation is happening. Another thing that comes to mind with that is letting it be okay that we are committed to our vision. So having a really clear sense of why we're doing this, um, and in that being okay and informing how we challenge partners, where we lean in, um, where we are willing to take on conflict and hard conversation and, and letting that inform the things that we say no to. I mean, probably like all churches, there's all kinds of requests that come in for really great work that individuals and organizations are doing around the world that are asking for support, particularly financial support. And we have to say no a lot. Um, but letting, having a very clear sense of why we're doing what we're doing and having very clear filters that we're running decisions through and then letting it be okay to say no. Um, I think that's really important to the health of a, any kind of missions ministry that you've got a, a baseline and you're not going to navigate off that baseline very far. Um, because God has given your church and your, your ministry a really specific calling. And there's other churches and other people doing other things that he's going to involve. And again, it's not about you or your organization um, equating success for what he's going to do. Yeah, I think that has given me definitely have felt a little bit more of a platform to stand on when it comes to conflict and road bumps, because I think we have a really clear sense of what we're about and where we're headed and what we're looking for. That's good. You know, throughout there, our entire conversation, you've talked about how important for Flatirons as a church um, and for your partnerships and for the launch um, with One Child, how important stories have been to all of that. Um so what's your favorite story of how Flatirons and any missions partner that you work with um, have, have worked together to, to bring hope to hard places? What is very personal for me and my our I've mentioned a couple of times, our partner in Central Asia is, is our partner. Even uh, long before I was working in the missions world, I spent a lot of time volunteering for and actually worked for this organization directly for a couple of years. So that that partner just holds a really soft spot in my heart. And the country they're working in has hit a major political and social disaster. And the way that they did life changed last year. I mean, they underwent complete governmental overhaul and it's changed everything. And with that, with the devastation and the sadness around how their country's oversight has just filtered down to everybody in the nation, I'm I'm just so grateful to stay in touch with my friends at the partner using social media. So I think that is just one of my favorite stories. As hopeless as that situation can feel, as much as I grieve not being able to visit knowing the hardships that my friends are under, knowing how the programming has had to change or things have closed because of what's happened in the country, um, that God still provides an opportunity for relationship for 
me to be an advocate for people who really have lost their voice in a lot of ways. And for me to have an opportunity to use my platform here at Flatirons to continue to speak up for that. Um, but then just being able to check in with them and in, in any little way, continue to reinforce you're not forgotten. And what God has been doing is not in vain. Um, and we are still praying for you and we do still remember you and we are still sending financial support. That's hands down. I think just because it's fresh and it's happening still right now, one of my favorite fruits of this whole thing. Hmm. Um, I'm going to throw in one more question because I think it's going to be an interesting answer, um, based on our conversation. So, um, you've talked about how you moving into this role as a missions pastor has, has been a process, um, over the last, you know, 10 years since, since you were, you were serving in the church and then moving into different roles within the church. And then now, uh, now you're the missions pastor of the church. How is being involved in missions through flat irons? Uh, how has that changed your life? Yeah, it's being involved in missions around here has changed everything. My very first international mission trip was to Central Asia. My poor mom was like, can't you go to Utah to start with or something? Why do you have to go halfway around the world to this really dangerous area? Yeah, it's changed everything. I look back on it and I just think only God, only God has gotten me into this situation that I'm in in the best way possible. Um, My involvement in missions has created in me a perspective that I have a responsibility as an American to, to use the, the gifts that I have by living in the U S in a really responsible God honoring way. I think it's tempting when you do, it was for me at least. And I know some of my close friends, when you kind of have your first missions experience where you see how the world, the rest of the world really is living and you start to understand how just over the top comfortable we are here in the U S and how blessed we are. The temptation can be to come back home and say, I got to sell everything and live in a cardboard box for the rest of my life. That's the only way I can possibly justify myself, which isn't true, which is not what God is asking us to do by any sense of the word. I think he puts us where he puts us is not by mistake. So the fact that I'm, was born an American and I'm living here in Colorado is an opportunity and a responsibility to do something with that. So then what is that? And that's a question I think only the Holy Spirit can answer. And it's a process. Um, but it's taught me to continue to lean into that question. God, what do you have for me now? What is my responsibility in this? And how can I speak about you and bring others alongside that? to represent you in the best way possible. Um, it's just a, I feel like a, a question that I'm regularly asking myself. Yeah. It's, it's created in me perspective that this wasn't some sort of coincidence that I was born in the U S and not in a small village, you know, in Kenya. And I live a really comfortable life and recognizing there's a lot of people around the world who don't. So what, what is the purpose in all of that? I think is kind of the main reflection for me that continues to rise again.
again and again in this work. And there's no red bow at the end of that. There's no, <laughs> right? There's no um, easy answer. Oftentimes, I think with God, it's the harder answer. It's the longer answer. And um, resisting the temptation to want a red bow at the end of all of that is, is a challenge for me. Amanda shared some great advice over the past half an hour, but here are three things that really stood out to me about missions partnerships. First, it's critical to remember that not only do we have something to offer our missions partners around the world, but they actually have a great deal to offer to us as well. Partnership is built off of really leaning into each other's strengths. Second, While COVID and lockdowns have forced us to get creative about how we cultivate relationships with missions partners, we can't sit back and become dependent on Zoom meetings and virtual missions trips. It's time for churches to start thinking about how to get face-to-face with their missions partners again. You really can't replace the power of that type of connection. And then finally, when you choose a missions partner uh, based on shared values and passions, and then you commit to long-term relationship with them, it's easier to extend grace to each other when things get hard or don't work out as smoothly as you'd hoped. Relationships require commitment, so choosing the right partner in the first place is critical. I want to thank Amanda for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Flatirons Community Church, go to flatironschurch.com. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. The show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org. 